Amen. Amen. As Eli talked about, we're doing a series called Year After Year. And last week we talked about time because we know that time is such a, a key ingredient, isn't it? It's, it's a huge part of the equation. If you want to be really successful at anything, you know, like what we did with sports or, or your work or your job or your spiritual life, that what you have to do is you have to work hard at it over a period of time. And you will grow and you will increase. And so last week we talked about kind of how we spend our time. We talked about the American average and we talked about uh, us as individuals. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I tracked my time this week because I understand that I need to prioritize and reprioritize and I need to be paying attention with how I spend my time. And so I did that, what you guys had in your bulletins last week. I did that myself. There are a couple of things that uh, I came out with understanding that I need to reprioritize. Uh, the first one was I didn't sleep enough. Uh, I slept on average about six hours uh, a night, which was pretty good. I had two nights of about four hours, uh, which was not good, uh, and we know that, and so I got to work on that a little bit. This week in particular, I watched too much TV. Uh, I wrote that down, how much television time that I, I spent, and uh, I, I watched several movies this week that I've wanted to catch up on, and so I, I watched too much TV and... Um, also, uh, we did not have enough family time. Now, I had some good family time with individual kids, but as a group, uh, we did not spend, uh, the seven of us, a lot of time together. Knowing that because we tracked it, now I can set goals, of course, for the next week on how I need to prioritize and reprioritize uh, my time. And so I'm thankful for that uh, little, little uh, thing that Sharon put in the bulletin uh, so that I could use that this week. And of course, it doesn't stop there, right? We got to continue to pay attention to how we're spending our time to prioritize and reprioritize. And so this week, though, we're talking about our uh, devotions, our spiritual walk, our spiritual strength, uh, and who we are with God. And as we know from last week, the average American spends about one hour a week. That's what the golf balls represent. If you weren't here last week, the golf balls represent what the average American kind of spends on each uh, part of their life. One hour a week on their spiritual health and their spiritual growth, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And so when we put that in there, we understand that, gosh, that's just not something that we as Americans prioritize um, in our time. But it's so important. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. And this is where we're going to start today have a lot that we can talk about just in these two verses here, uh, and we're going to get to those. So you can open with me, or of course, uh, Annabelle Rose, who's back on the computer, hi sweetie pie, is going to throw that up on the screen for us. Father, we're thankful for our time here today. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your truth. Uh, Lord, we look at it and, and, and just have this understanding that we need it. We need to grow in you. We want to, to learn and develop ourselves uh, spiritually because, Lord, we know that there's so much junk out there that it comes against us. And if our spiritual muscles aren't strong, we will cave easily. And so, Lord, we want to continue to push in and lean into you, find our strength in, in your truth. And, Lord, apply it to our lives, not adjust, our li uh, not adjust the truth to our lives, but adjust our lives uh, to the truth. So help us to do that this day. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many people remember, see Malachi is 16 years old when he was born. How many people remember when your kid held the bottle for the very first time? You remember that? I remember when Malachi reached up and he grabbed the bottle for the very first time. But I also remember, I also remember before that. Now, 
uh, Ruth, uh, she uh, went into labor sort of on Memorial Day, which was Monday. Monday night, we went to bed. She was like, I'm having contractions. This is our first kid. Uh, we had no idea what was happening. I was a panic, disastered mess. You guys remember uh, in Elf, when he's in the bathroom and she's like, get out, and he covers his eyes and runs into the wall? That's what I felt like when we're talking about our first pregnancy. I felt like I was running with my eyes covered into everything uh, that was going on. I had no idea what was happening. So we go to the hospital that night. Of course, they send us home. Um, and, and we go home, and we lay down, and, and, and by we, I mean Ruth, uh, she lays down, and contractions get stronger, so we decide to go for a walk around uh, Meyer at the time, and, and so we're walking Meyer, and we're up all night long, and we go back to the hospital on Tuesday, and they're like, go home, so we went home. Guys, this happened three times, so the fourth time, whoo, they say three times a charm? No, the fourth one was the charm. For us. So we did this, and we kept going. Friday morning, 4.57 a.m., Malachi was born. And he's been a jerk like that ever since. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And that little kid was born, and I mean, it was, it was one of, and you guys as parents remember, just the most precious moments of my life. Just sitting there holding um, that baby. Now, there were some small complications. Malachi was, they called him a slow starter uh, meaning he didn't really cry when he came out. He was just kind of a blob. We called him the blob because as a baby, he just laid there and didn't really do anything. How many people know Malachi and know that that is just unbelievable that he would like just lay there and do nothing as a baby? But that's how he was. Even as, as a toddler, he didn't walk until he was like 16 months uh, old. And of course, when he started walking, it was a full-blown sprint. And he's been that way uh, ever since. He's just all over the place. But one of the things that shocked me, Ruth's blood pressure went up and all that stuff, but we were exhausted. But before we were able to get some sleep, I remember this specifically, they wanted to make sure that Malachi ate. You guys remember this? Like it's within the first hour, and we were just tired. We had spent all this time up, and by we, I mean Ruth. You know, I was super excited about the baby, but she was exhausted. And they were like, we got to get the baby to eat. We got to get the baby to feed. And so then they did this within the first hour of birth. And, and, and that's so important and vital, right? Because kids have to learn to eat. Now he's 16 years old. And I'm like, please stop eating. I mean, the food has to last us a week. You know, when, when you come home and you went shopping the day before and all the chips are gone, all the cheese is gone, all the meat has been consumed. And you're like, what? Who just, did you invite your friends over? Did everybody raid the fridge together? Uh, no, it was just us. It was just, you guys ate all this? Okay, I'm sorry, but that's just the kind of the conversations throughout the week. But it's so important, isn't it, that they learn to eat. Now, when we're talking about this from the Christian's perspective, we see this here in 1 Peter 2, 2, and, 2 through 3. It says, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so by it you may grow up, in your salvation. The next verse. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So it's vital for us, just like newborn babies, that we have to learn to eat, right? We have to learn to feed our, our spiritual beings, our spiritual selves. And here's what we know, just like it is with food today. There's a whole bunch of junk out there, isn't it? I mean, like, yesterday... Uh, it was Saturday night. Typically, we'd eat dessert on Fridays, but we didn't. 
And so yesterday we had some ice cream. And I don't know about you guys, but that private selections ice cream at Kroger, particularly the raspberry dark chocolate chunk. Am I getting some mmms out there? Because that stuff was just, I mean, that stuff just like one scoop, two scoops, three scoops, 12 scoops. Let's just go with whatever, you know. It is so, it is so good. And so anyways, we're making our burgers and our broccoli, and that's what we're having for dinner. And we know that ice cream is coming. And my cute little daughter back there, 14 years old, Annabelle Rose. Annabelle, let me ask, how much of the hamburger and broccoli did you eat? Uh, one, two bites? And how many scoops of ice cream did you have? <laughs> We're not going to talk about it anymore. Not going to talk about it anymore. I'm just, I'm just telling a little bit. But isn't that how we are as, as spiritual beings? There's a lot of junk food in this world, isn't there? And we gobble it up, gobble it up, gobble it up, gobble it up. And the good, healthy stuff, not so much. It's not that fun to eat it, is it? But we know how necessary it is for our health and our growth, isn't it? And when we read this scripture, it says, crave the pure spiritual milk. The real good stuff. We need to learn to have cravings for that kind of food. And not cravings for the junk. And you know, just like anything, how you develop that is through training, isn't it? I mean, you just develop it through training. We were actually talking about the vegetables that we don't like last night at dinner. Who likes this? Ugh. Who likes this? Ugh. There was only a couple of them that we all agreed upon. Brussels sprouts kind of went out the door. It was like, who likes Brussels sprouts? Uh, nobody. I'm the only one that kind of will do Brussels sprouts, but the rest of them like, nope, no good. Of course, a couple of them were like, I don't like broccoli. A couple of them, I don't like asparagus. And, and so we have those, those foods, right? But if the more you, you eat on those things and the more you train yourself, and you know this, to eat the good, healthy foods, the more you desire the good, healthy foods. How many people know that after a time of, of not drinking pop and soda, that when you go back and have it, if you spend six weeks off of it, you go back and drink just a little bit of it, you're like, that's too sweet, I can't drink it. Has that happened to you before? Because it's happened to me before. Where it's like, it's too sweet, I can't drink it. And I have to retrain myself, which I do, to drink soda. Because it's too sweet. And we do that. And so if we want to learn to crave the good spiritual milk, we have to force ourselves, we have to push ourselves, we have to train ourselves to eat the good, healthy stuff. The world's going to continue to throw junk at us. The world's got all kinds of junk food out there for us to eat. And if you're going to be intentional, then you have to take the time and, and prioritize and reprioritize it to make sure that you are munching on, that you are eating the really good, healthy stuff. One of the worst things that we can do is go to a party or a get-together or a gathering where there's going to be unhealthy foods hungry. Isn't that true? If we don't eat the good stuff before we get there, we know that we are just going to mouth the bad stuff. It's just the way it is. How many people know that you're not supposed to go grocery shopping on an empty stomach, right? There are times when I know the kind of foods that are going to be at places, and I eat ahead of time. Because even though I might have something there, I know it's going to be all, you know, kind of junk food, and I just don't need that in my life. Because I know it'll make me sick. Now, why am I talking about food so much? That's because this is this guy's favorite subject to talk about. As you can tell, I am an expert on food. 
So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But the Bible illustrates and relates to that so much. And when we read that scripture, I just think it's true for us that it's important that we learn to eat the good, healthy foods, the spiritual foods, in our life and kind of get rid of the junk foods. When we're only spending an hour a week, an hour a week on this, guys, we are weak Christians. And we know that, right? It's just like anything. If you want to be healthy, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the energy. And you have to do it over a period of time. And so the lie is that we we buy into all the time that it will just come to you. Isn't that the truth? We get told that all the time. That, you know, walk through the open doors, and if it's a closed door, you know, thank God for the closed door. And it's like sometimes God might want you to beat the door down, right? And we know this. We know that when it comes to, like, healthy eating, you have to be intentional, and you have to go after it. I'm talking about spiritual eating. You have to do it. Because there's not people that are force-feeding you good food. You're no longer a baby. And, like, when when we have the baby, we feed them the good, healthy foods. But when they become a toddler, they start spitting out those things, and they start wanting the sugary foods. How many people remember the first time, too, that you fed your kids fruits? I remember that. I remember that when Malachi was eating some fruit, and oh my goodness, he wanted the fruit, and he no longer was interested in the green beans, which I cannot say as I blame him, because I'm not that interested in green beans myself. But that's the way it was, right? He loved it, the, the, the sugary foods, and ever since then, it's just more and more and more, and more, and more. And so things don't just come. If you want it, you have to spend the time developing it. There's a little saying out there, all good things to those who wait. And we know this, yes, patience is good, but apathy is bad, isn't it? Patience is good. Yes, there's going to be time that we put in, that we're going to work hard, and we have to be patient because things are not going to happen for us overnight. But we also can't be lazy bums about it, can we? There's a video that I saw yesterday, and I actually was watching it and thought, gosh, i got to play this. It is just so good, and it talks about this idea of, of work over time and how we can accomplish so many incredible things. And so we're going to take three minutes here for you to enjoy this uh, video just like I did yesterday. So go ahead, Annabelle, and play that for us. They have something that's called the Chinese bamboo tree. The Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to grow. They have to water and fertilize the ground where it is every day. And it doesn't break through the ground until the fifth year. But once it breaks through the ground, within five weeks, it grows 90 feet tall. Now the question is, does it grow 90 feet tall in five weeks or five years? The answer is obvious. It grows 90 feet tall in five years because at any time that person stopped watering and nurturing and fertilizing that dream, that bamboo tree would have died in the ground. And I can see people coming out talking to a guy out there watering and fertilizing the ground that's not showing anything. Hey, what you doing? You've been out here a long time, man. And the conversation in the neighborhood is, you growing a Chinese bamboo tree, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, um, even Ray Charles and Stephen Wonder can see ain't nothing showing. <laughs> so how long you been working on this? How long have you been working on your dream? It's good. And you have nothing to show. This is all you've got to show? 
people gonna do that to you. And some people, ladies and gentlemen, they stop because they don't see instant results. It doesn't happen quickly. They stop. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to keep on watering your dream. That is not going to happen as quickly as you want it to happen. A lot of things are going to happen that will catch you off guard. And so therefore, you've got to deal with and handle it as it comes. And not only that, but that faith and patience drives you into action. You've got to keep moving and keep plugging away. See, during those hard times, we didn't know how you're going to make payroll during those times when you fail and, and, and things didn't work out. They were, they were nowhere to be found. But you know what I discovered? When you're working at your dream, somebody said, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. Oh, it's sweet to you. It's good to you. Why? See, when, you, when it's hard and there's a struggle, see, what you become in the process is more important than the dream. That's far more important. The kind of person you become, the character that you build, the courage that you develop, the faith that you're manifesting. Oh, it's, it's something that you get up in the morning, you look yourself in the mirror, you're a different kind of person. You walk with a different kind of spirit. And people know that you know what life is, that you have embraced life. You knew it was hard, but you did it hard. That's good stuff right there. Because it, it is hard, isn't it? But over time, and I love how he said faith and patience, because one of my favorite scriptures, it says, and it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. It is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. What does that require? It requires action and it requires time. That's what it does. That we're going to put this into play and we're going to do it over a period of time. And so let's talk about our spiritual walk with God. Let's talk about those things and what we need to really make that happen. Then I'm going to talk about one of those specifically uh, today. I have wrote down three things that I really believe that every Christian needs in their life to really grow in their spiritual walk, to really grow as a spiritual individual. And the first one is praise and worship. Praise and worship is just vital to your spiritual health. In that, you could talk about gratitude and thanksgiving, and there's several things that we could talk about, but the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And if you want the presence of God in your life, then you need to activate the element of praise and worship in your life. That's what you need to do. And if you want to be a strong spiritual person, then pay, praise and worship has to be a part of it. It has to be one of those ingredients. Now it's interesting because as I was thinking about these things so much, there are certain ones that just are a little bit more natural to me and other ones that I have to work at. I know this as a, as a person that, that worked out physically as well. I've always been a strong individual, and so I've always enjoyed lifting weights. I have never been a fast individual, and I've always enjoyed or hated running. But uh, when I exercise, I still do those things, all of them. I never stopped doing the jogging and the cardiovascular, even though I hate it, because I understand the importance of it in my life. Some of these, you might be like, ah, I don't really like that. But you know what? You still need to understand the importance, and you still need to implement it. Praise and worship is one of those that's a little less for me. It's, it's interesting how Ruth and I are together, because this is a big one for Ruth and her spiritual walk. For me, I have to push myself in praise and worship, and I listen to praise and worship music often when I'm golfing, and I find times to implement it in my life, because it is important. The second one is prayer and fasting. Prayer is not just talking, but it is also listening, and we need to talk about that, don't we? Um, Morvan is actually going to address this more 
next week and how important it is to implement this in our lives. But listen, church, if you want to be a strong spiritual being, if you want to feed yourself the right kind of foods so that you can be a healthy individual, you need to implement prayer and fasting <coughs> Excuse me, in your life. And the last one I have wrote down here is reading and writing. That we need to read the scripture and we need to write things down. I heard a guy talk about prayer and fasting and he said, gosh, if, if you're wise, you will always, whenever you pray, have a journal or a notebook beside you. Because when God speaks, you need to write it down. You need to write it down. And a wise person would write it down. I heard Lisa Turkhurst do a, a, a fantastic message where she talked about that, where Jesus, or where God commanded Adam uh, to do certain things, and of course Adam failed, and she said just because it's just like so many men, he didn't write it down. And so it's important for us to learn to journal and write things down, and so I think that's important as well. But we're going to talk about reading uh, the Word of God. We're going to talk about getting into the scripture, the truth of the scripture, and of course, learning to write and a journal. I have a couple of things that I wrote down, a couple of, of questions that I guess, or, or things that we would say, and, and, and nobody is going to raise their hand in this, and that's okay, you don't have to, but I'm saying this. How many of us would say that, gosh, I really hope that I sin today? Don't raise your hand. That's, you know, gosh, I really hope that I just sin today and that I screw up. Another question that I have here. How many people here would say, gosh, I, I really hope that I'm weak in the faith, that my faith is weakened and that I just kind of feel like a wuss spiritually? How many people would say, man, I would like to roam around this world aimlessly? I just like to, you know, roam around aimlessly, not have any purpose whatsoever, not feel purposeful at all. How many people would say, gosh, I, I just, I don't really want to have hope. I don't want hope. I, I, nah, it's no good. Or what about this? I definitely don't want prosperity or success. I don't want those things in my life. How many of us would say this? I mean, when we make those statements, it sounds ridiculous. Yet when we talk about the scripture, we can see that there is, is value and all of those things in this. And that's what the word of God tells us. The first one, sin. Psalms 119, 9 through 12 says this, please, Ambel. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. You want to know how you stay away from sin? You get yourself in the word. You get yourself in the truth. That's how you do it. And so we have this, this part of the equation right in front of us, and we need to take advantage of it and use it. The wisest people in the world understood that I have to find a different standard to live by than my feelings. And that standard that I'm going to choose is the Word of God. And I'm going to hide it in my heart so I don't sin against God. You want to stay away from sin? Build yourself up on the Scripture. Really like weak faith, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's where it comes from. Hearing the message that is through the word about Christ. You want faith? Get into the word. You feel like you can't withstand the, the darts, the wiles, the, the evil schemes of the enemy? 
get into the Word of God. That's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find strength. That's where you're going to find truth. And that's what the Bible tells us. What about roaming this world aimlessly? Where does our purpose, where does our direction come from? Psalms 119, 104 through 105. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So oftentimes, guys, we're walking around aimlessly and we're like, gosh, I just wish I could find direction. I wish God would speak to me so that I would know what he would want for me to do. And how many times has God just said to us, I already have spoke to you. I've already given you specific things that you should do. There are things that every believer, every Christian has truths in this word that we can discover and put into play for our lives to grow ourselves spiritually. God says, why would I give you a second step when you haven't even taken the first one? And we don't want just step two. We want step 30. Well, let's start by diving into his scripture. I don't want hope. Romans 15, 4 talks about how hope comes from the word for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope feeling hopeless get into the word get into the scripture get that truth in your life and the last one prosperity and success this is from joshua Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I mean, how many people want prosperity and success? Oh my goodness gracious. I want prosperity and success. Where do we find it? We find it in the truth of the scripture. Now this is just one of those elements, but I believe that it is an important and vital part of your walk with God. It really is. There are several things that you can do, church, and some of you already do several of these, and that's cool. You know, that's what we want. We want you to grow. We want you to learn just like a baby feeds off of its mama. Eventually it holds its own bottle, and eventually its own spoon, and it feeds itself. We want us to be to the place, church, where our spiritual growth is not based on other people, that I don't need my mama to force feed me, that I can learn and grow on my own because I can learn and grow more that way. Doesn't mean that my mama ain't necessary. I am 39 years old, and I'm still a mama's boy, and I am not afraid to say it. I go over and visit my mama. I talked about that last week. If they're two weeks ago or whatever, if I need encouragement, you know what I do? I go over and I sit and I listen to mom. I talk to mom. Because mom loves me, mom thinks I'm awesome, and I love that mom loves me and thinks that I'm awesome. Does she have to feed me? No. I'm doing a, I'm feeding a lot myself. I feed myself. I eat a lot. She doesn't have to do that part. But I still have my mama. I still want the church. The church is a vital part of your life, and I believe that. But we have to learn to feed ourselves, because the church isn't always going to be there churches can come and go but the big church will always remain that's just the truth that is that is god's church anyways i want you to get into the bible and so you can do that there's there's the bible app how many people have the bible app how many people use the bible app i think it is a great resource there are actually several bible apps 
Um, one of the best ones is, is the Uversion Bible app. Have it on a lot of the different devices uh, that, that we use and that we have, and, and I really like it. I think it's, it's great. But I also personally, and I use that from time to time. Right now I've been using it a lot uh, because I've got a new, a new physical Bible, and, and I don't know how you guys are, but I, I kind of got stuck with my last Bible where I really liked it and I liked how things were, and so I've kind of been a little bit slower in getting this one going, and I've been using the Bible app a lot. But I believe in a physical Bible because I, I write, and I already started on this page, I write uh, little things, draw little things, ideas uh, in my Bible, and I love that. And I think it's important. If you love a physical Bible, get yourself a physical Bible. We have some here. And, and of course, you can buy them. Uh, if you can't afford one, talk to, to Morvin, uh, and he will get you a Bible. He will get you a Bible. We do not want people not having Bibles that need Bibles. And so talk to Morvin about that. He will get you a Bible. And also, um, I love this life journal. If you... Uh, have never gotten into journaling and you would like to, uh, a good place to start is this website called lifejournal.cc. Lifejournal.cc, uh, they have journals for sale and they are cheap. They're like five bucks uh, for a nice journal that helps you. Uh, they're specifically designed to help you in your spiritual walk. So they have like table of context that talk about what you read for that day, um, what you journaled for that day, what God taught you. Uh, during that time, and so it's just kind of a really, really neat resource, but it's a good one to get that into your life. It really is, and so if you want to take advantage of that, also on that uh, website, they have bookmarks that have reading plans on them, which I think is just great as well to help you get through that. On the Uversion app, they have reading plans, which is super cool. You can go through and you can find different devotionals, and they have a whole bunch of them that will help you connect, and they will actually keep you accountable. Uh, Ruth does this with her girls a little bit in her girls' small group. And if the girls don't read, it tells her that they don't read. It tells the whole group. And so they can keep each other accountable when they're reading their uh, devotional for the evening, which I think is fantastic. Because how many people know accountability is important, isn't it? It's very important. I remember early on, back to food, we're going to talk about this a little bit. I remember early on um, in our marriage, and I've heard about other people doing this as well. But I would come home uh, from work, and Ruth would be like, man, I just don't feel good. I have a headache. I'm not feeling very good. And I would always ask the same questions. Well, what did you eat today? And she'd be like, you know what? I think I forgot to eat. You forgot to eat? I have never had that problem. I have just, I just know that is not a mistake that I make. So I would be like, you forgot to eat? Yeah, I think I did. I think I was doing stuff, and I didn't, I didn't eat. I'd be like, well, what did you drink today? You know what? I think I forgot to drink stuff. You forgot to drink stuff? Like, okay, anyways, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It never computed with me, but that's how she would do it. And she would forget those things. And so when I'd get home, we would make dinner, we'd eat, and she'd feel better, and she would drink. That was early on, of course, um, in our marriage. Uh, she doesn't do that now. There are people in her life that make sure that there's food on the table. The kids are constantly like, what's for lunch? Guys, it's like 6.30 in the morning. What are you talking about lunch for? We had breakfast already. We want to know what's for dinner. Like, oh my goodness. Okay, we're going to get on this. So that's, that's their life now, but I remember that then. And guys, we cannot roam about forgetting to eat. We can't. We have to build our spiritual beings. We have to be strong individuals. 
That, that's our goal. And Eli talked about how he has goals. I have goals as well. And if I'm going to be the person that I want to be in Christ, then I'm going to have to learn to implement these times in my life where I'm studying, learning, and growing in the Scripture. I cannot forget to eat. I can't do it. Last quote I have here is, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. How many people have, have, have heard that before? That was written by Dr. Gordon A. Eady um, in, a, in a mental hygiene article in 1945 during the Second World War. And he said it was so important, and, and in, in the article he talks about how it was so important for us to not just have something that we are fighting against, but we need to know what we are fighting for as well. And that that is such a big edge in the mental hygiene of our soldiers, knowing what we are fighting for. And I think if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything is something that is real for us as soldiers in Christ. That church, if, if, if we aren't basing our lives and truth on the scripture, on something deeper than ourselves, then we will base our life on our feelings. And I think feelings are great as indicators in what God is doing or what things are happening in our lives. Sadness can be something that just aware, it makes us aware of what's going on. Anger can help us be aware of what's going on, but they need to not be dictators in what our life does. We, we base our life off the truth, not off of our feelings. But if we don't have something outside of us that we stand for, a standard, an understanding of what we're fighting for, then we can lose sight of that direction. We can forget to eat. and We can be unhealthy individuals. And that's what he was saying in that article, that, that they're unhealthy soldiers coming home, and we have to remember that they have to understand what they're fighting for. We all need a guide in our lives. All of us do. We don't want to be our own guide. Done that, tried it, bought the T-shirt, did not work out well. I have to live my life by a standard higher above beyond myself because I will be my own worst enemy there has there has never been a person that has led me more astray in my life than myself there just has never been my feelings my ideas my thoughts have constantly pulled me different directions at different times in my life the thing that keeps bringing me back is the truth that I have in the Word of God and that truth can be your guide as well, and it needs to be. Let's stand together, church. This week, what we would like you to start doing, and we're going to give you little applications every week. Last week was to track your time. This week, we want you to track what you're reading and studying in the Scripture. We want you to pay attention. We want you to write it down. This is what I read this is what God taught me through it. And that just hopefully will get a habit going in your life because we believe that, that the truth of the scripture and that writing it down is super duper important. Father, we are thankful for your word and your truth. Uh, we, we just praise you that you didn't leave us where we were, but Lord, that you gave us um, avenues, that you gave us your truth, that you gave us your word to be that guide to direct our path. Because, Lord, that's what we want. We want to follow you. We want your will and your way in our lives, not our will and our way. Lord, we want to think and, and, and look beyond ourselves. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Guys, you're dismissed. God bless you. I hope you enjoy uh, the last couple of weeks of August before school starts. God bless.